Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. We do have Blues hockey tonight as we run through last year's run to the Cup. Play Gloria here on 101 ESPN. Jeremy Rutherford is on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. JR, good to have you with us. How are you doing? Good to be here, guys. JR, um, you know, people are clamoring for a shower update from you. I know it sounds weird, but last <laughs> week you, you told us that you hadn't showered in essentially a week. You were just really letting the Ozarks take over. So what's life like at the Rutherford household? Are you punishing your family by not showering? What's the deal? Yeah, no, uh, it was funny. Colin just asked me before we came on, did you take a, a shower this week? And I had forgotten about our hit last week. And I said, uh, do I do I not take, oh, last week at the Ozarks. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we got a couple showers in this week and uh, actually slept uh, in the bed with my uh, little seven-year-old son last night. Um, so he didn't say anything. So I guess I'm, I'm kind of clean here. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Hey, JR, the uh, hand pass game, as I said, will air it tonight here on 101 ESPN. And you mentioned that you have uh, a couple of fun facts from the hand pass game against San Jose last year. Yeah, what a crazy, crazy, crazy night. And uh, you, you go back to the hand pass game, Randy, Michelle, you guys know how it is in the press box. Once the play happens, a lot of people are at home watching TV. They got the they got the uh, rewind. Uh, they can watch the replays. Well, what are we doing? We're heading down to the locker room because uh, we, we got to get down there quick. You got to go through the, the freight elevator. So I didn't originally see the hand pass live. Now the game's over. Now you're heading downstairs. And I think I tweeted something along the lines of that might have been a hand pass. And I got about 3 million replies that said, <laughs> you think? <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I haven't seen the replay yet, but I think it's it's a hand pass. So uh, Mike Russo, my colleague at the Athletic Covers the Wild, he texts me right away and he said that is not reviewable. And so uh, you tweet that it's not reviewable, and people were just going absolutely bananas. You guys uh, were in the locker room. You remember the feeling when we went up to each player and uh, we said, what does this do to you? What do you think about the call? So on and so forth. And, and they just all brushed it off. And we were all looking at each other as media members saying, we can't believe they're not upset. Well, come to find out, we all know now that Craig Bruby went in there and said, Let, let's move on. But let me give you another story. Uh, I was the pool reporter that night. And just for people who aren't familiar with pool reporting, only one reporter is allowed to talk to the supervisor of officials. So you have to go through some steps. But I finally got Kay Whitmore, who was in charge of the officials that night. took about 35, 45 minutes for him to come out after the game. But I was able to say, Kay, what happened? What would you see? And all he would say, I probably still have the the tape on my recorder, he said, it's not a reviewable play. And I said, Kay, was it a hand pass? It's not a reviewable play. And he just kept repeating himself. And the one thing I'll never forget, there was another NHL official standing nearby. And as I finished the interview – and I started to walk away. He looked at me and he said, don't kill us. <laughs> because he knew they were going to get slaughtered. And uh, I'll never forget that. Don't kill us. 
See, JR, as you're recounting that, when you're saying that that's what he was saying, you know, it's not a reviewable play and wouldn't take ownership of the fact that it was a, a missed call, I'm getting angry just listening to that. And <laughs> and I know what happened, and I know that the Blues obviously emerged victorious. But if that wound and that anger is still so easily accessible for me, I still cannot believe that those players were able to check those emotions at the door, turn the page, and move on. Were you surprised that they were able to move on so quickly? We just kept, yeah, I was, and and we just kept asking and peppering them, and you know how it is. That's why they get tired of the media. We try <laughs> to find fifteen different ways to ask the question, right? And and so I think with uh, the 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 gobs of reporters that were there, I remember we kept peppering uh, David Perron, and I think he finally looked at us and said, "Guys, you're not going to get anything out of me." You know, it's just the way it is. And I think we said, you know. Chief must have said something to the team, and of course he did. So uh, it, unbelievable uh, him for going there and, and uh, calm the team down and for them to listen and just bite their tongue. Jer, I mean, you had a front row seat to every moment of that magical ride, and there's so many major things that we look at. We think of the Pat Maroon game. We think of Boom Boom Gunnarsson. Where does the hand pass game rank for you as far as those those games that really kind of set the tone for the Blues inevitably winning? Because even though the Blues didn't win that game, to me, this is always the game that I will look back on and say, this is when I knew that this team was different and that they were champions and capable of, of getting it done. Yeah, I think it's hard to top uh, taking a leak next to the coach and saying, I'm going to go out and, and uh, win the game. It's, it's really hard to top that. But but I think the hand pass game in terms of just how they went on after that series and dominated the Sharks. I don't know if you guys have the stat. Would they outscore them like 12 to 3 the rest of the way or something like that? It was it, it was just crazy uh, how the, the Blues just uh, got past that game and played so exceptionally well. And I do think once they, they won the next game and, and were able to uh, to win that series, uh, they said, look, we can win this. You know, Whoever we play in the Stanley Cup final is going to be a tough opponent, uh, but we've overcome so much. And, and I just think that, that the attitude after the hand pass game is just what uh, Chief uh, ingrained in them throughout the second half of that season. Hey, we're going to have challenges. We're going to have things that, that uh, go against us. Uh, but what was the big word that we remember writing and saying all last season, uh, the second half, was resolve. They had mm-hmm. that uh, resolve uh, just, to, just to move on. And that was the poster boy of the uh, resolve was that hand pass game. JR, your colleagues at The Athletic are doing a great job of staying in touch with the powers that be in the NHL. It doesn't seem like there is a lot going on at the moment. It seemed like last week, the week before, there was a lot more going on in regards to perhaps setting something up to bring the NHL back. Have you heard anything lately? Yeah, no, it's weird because uh, we were actually getting some sort of heads up on uh, there was going to be an announcement on the early June draft, and then that came and went, and now Bill Daly is saying that might not come until next week. It seemed like they were moving forward on, on some of the details, but I think the biggest thing here, uh, Randy and Michelle, is they just don't want to uh, rush anything. So you heard uh, Gary Bettman say at the uh, seminar, the web seminar, that uh, he still feels like they're going to play hockey this year, and as Pierre Lebrun has reported, the return to play committee continues to meet i think back-to-back days tuesday and wednesday so they're trying to iron out a lot of the details that just don't have anything nailed down yet in terms of an announcement 
Jer, one of the things that Randy and I have kind of kicked around is that the NBA and the NHL are relatively quiet compared to baseball. Baseball has at least floated out specific dates that they're hoping to return. Now, whether that comes to fruition or not is another story. But one of the things Randy and I were kind of wondering is if if the NHL and NBA are kind of waiting to see what happens with baseball and then they're deciding what they want to do. Essentially, I want to know if you think that this is an arms race, if there's any sense of urgency for one of these leagues to be the first one to return or if there is conversely trepidation and they're kind of saying we don't want to be the first one to do this we kind of want to see how it plays out with another league first yeah no it's all all great points Um, I don't think the NHL would be in a position where they're racing to be first Uh, you know not that you said that but I'm just trying to think out loud here Uh, if you go back to when the NHL canceled they waited until the NBA canceled uh, the night before I remember being in Anaheim and thinking uh, that they could cancel then and they didn't. They waited until that uh, first test in the NBA and, and, and then canceled the next day. I do think that baseball is probably um, the lead here. I know football is the big sport, but uh, with uh, baseball trying to get their season going right now, uh, that's all the conversation. And so, you know, Gary Bettman has said that all the, the leaders of these sports have uh, been in contact uh, with each other. So I, you know, I'm sure they're working hand in hand uh, a little bit. I would think that the NHL is going to try to see uh, what baseball does. And even some of the plans that you hear, the pods, you know, going to Arizona, going to Florida, some of these things have been really similar. So, you know, I, I would think that if baseball makes some progress on that front, I think we'd hear about some progress on uh, hockey as well. JR, before we let you go, we've talked uh, about the Rams' new uniforms. What are the worst uniforms in Blues history? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be uh, the trumpets, the clowns, right? Uh, that's uh, that's a good one. Uh, you know what, though? I, I think that uh, this diagonal and the red, uh, since it's come back here with the retro jerseys, mm-hmm. it's changed the opinion of a lot of people. What do you guys think? I thought that that was the worst. I thought that was worse than the one with the smaller blue note and then the word blues over the top of it. I, I thought that the red was worse. But looking back now and looking at the new red, I kind of will go to the one with the blues name over the top of the smaller blue note as my worst of all time. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that is an odd one uh, when you go back and, and see that in old pictures and, and video. Uh, but I would have said the, the red and the diagonal, but uh, I think it, it's changed my mind. Listen to this. I'm 45 years old, and I'm going to say this word. I think it pops. Ooh. I think it pops. I think it does, too. Michelle? Um, You know, I'm a product of the 90s, so I'm always going to be a fan of those red diagonal jerseys. I love those. I actually put on social media a motion to wear those the rest of the season after the Blues wore them a couple games this season. I thought they looked amazing. JR, amazing usage of pop there, too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and just real quick, uh, talking to Jim Woodcock a couple weeks ago when I did a story uh, that involved those jerseys, he said the reason they wanted to get rid of them was because they were associated with Keenan yep. and all the bad things that happened for those couple of years. So when Jim Woodcock came in, he was in charge of the marketing. He, he said, look, if we're going to turn things around here, the first thing that has to change is, is the uniform. So really interesting mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that that was the reason. JR, great stuff as always. Thanks. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. You guys too. Thanks.